live. We're live. Hello, Hello everyone. Welcome, welcome. Um, we're back again to talk about, um, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about because I'm going to leave that up to Vicky, but we're back for another quick brew. And Quick Brews is the little sister of Strong Tea. Strong Tea is a podcast that Vicky and I started out with a love of chatting and finding out all sorts of things which were a little bit difficult to talk about, a little bit taboo. Um, and now we're touching on the slightly controversial. So um, we like to sort of get in there, understand what we're doing and have a good chat about it. So I'm not going to tell you what it is um, yet. I'm going to let Vicky do that. But firstly, if you haven't listened to us before, firstly, why not? But secondly, the other thing that we always do is talk about what we're drinking because it's called strong tea or quick brews. So Vicky, what have you got in your cup today? I am drinking Pucker's Turmeric Gold. Oh, it's a golden blend of finest turmeric, lemon fruit and green tea. Hashtag not sponsored by Pucker. (laughs) Other teas are available. Other teas are available. (laughs) What does Um, it taste like? It's, do you know what? It's actually, it's nice. It's a nice spring summer drink, actually, because oh. um, it's gone a bit cold, but I'm still drinking it and it's it's quite nice. It is zesty. Oh, yeah. Do you like that word? Zesty. Yeah. Um, yeah, because turmeric is really good for um, anti-inflammatory, isn't it? Oh, did mm. not know that. I d- uh, to be honest, I didn't really know what turmeric was. So... Yeah. What about very, you? Very yellow. Um, <laughs> I've gone off piece this morning. I'm having a coffee. Oh, I know. I know. I didn't sleep very well. So I thought, you know what? I'll have this. Perk me up. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Some, me, some mornings. Just give me a little bit of jazz, you know? Yeah. You just need a bigger hit, don't you? <laughs> so thank you for that intro to the topic. Um, there is a few caveats that I will put straight out there before we begin to dive in in earnest. But today's episode is about cosmetic enhancements. Um, now, this generally divides audiences massively, um, which is why it's going to be quite an interesting um, episode, I think. Hmm. But what we will say is that a lot of the things that we are talking about are research based. Yep. Um, what we talk about, there is no judgment. Um, our views are our own and mm. happily owned. Um, just a little bit of a heads up if you're listening to this um, in the car or in public, it's probably not suitable for work um, and it's probably worth not listening to in front of any little ones or younger impressionable ears. Um, and for today, I think, uh, Katie, I'm sure you'll agree, it's, we're focusing more on the aesthetic. We probably will mention some of the medical um bits behind the enhancements but for today it's more about aesthetic cosmetic enhancements yeah Um, it's a broad umbrella isn't it uh yeah as we found out it's absolutely massive as katie will will provide a bit more information in a minute but the definitions of cosmetic enhancements is if you describe measures or changes as cosmetic what you mean is that they uh, improve the appearance of a situation or thing but it doesn't change its basic nature um, so you're usually implying that it was originally inadequate. So you've just modified something. Cosmetic surgery is where a person chooses to have an operation or an invasive medical procedure uh, to change their physical appearance for cosmetic rather than medical reasons. So non-surgical cosmetic procedures such as Botox and dermafillers, they typically use to relax or fill crease lines, but these don't involve surgery yeah it's a like you said it's a it's a really broad umbrella and when you're trying to cover a topic like this you start to realize that there are in fact so many different procedures and we've got a section on unusual cosmetic enhancement coming up a little later on um but there are so many things that you can do to enhance your physical appearance um these tend to fall into three brackets and we've got invasive non-invasive and surgical so i'll start off with the non-invasive because it's kind of the um it's what's commonly described as an aesthetic treatment so you've got things such as microblading um, and laser removal um, anti-cellulite reduction body contouring and fat dissolving Sounds nice, doesn't it? Fat dissolving. Um, <laughs> and um, 
Invasive treatments include things like, Vic's just said, uh, dermal fillers and Botox injections. Going on to things like surgical, um, we're looking at things like boob jobs, tummy tucks, facelift, liposuction, and uh, an interesting one, which I didn't know that much about, um, and I had uh, my eyes open to it, actually by my husband, who hasn't had one, by the way, um, but the Brazilian butt lift. And <laughs> there is a famous doctor in Brazil, and they call him Dr. Bum Bum. I've heard of this. <laughs> I read it. I was like, that's not real. No. Um, but actually, Brazilian butt lifts is the most dangerous form of surgery in the world with the highest mortality rate. Now, any, surely any form of surgery that has a high mortality rate, which is not a necessity, you'd think, why would people do that? I mean, it's two in, two in every 6,000 procedures. So that's not... You know, it's not like 50% or anything, but it is still, there is still a large still risk. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> just because I was fascinated, I had to look into this a little bit further. And the procedure involves taking fat from areas of the body where it's not wanted and transplanting it into the glutes to enlarge them. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm like, I've got fat in other places, but you just take it away altogether <laughs> rather than putting it in other bits. Um, and it talks about the right amount of fat that should be injected. So it's about the amount of a Coke can. Other sodas are available. Um, <laughs> but, you know, more experienced surgeons use a much larger volume of fat to get bigger bums. And you just start to think, whoa, what is... Because it's all about the risks that are involved because it's got to go into... Um, certain areas so that it doesn't damage tissue and it sounds terrifying and the fact that the bracket that you can pay for something like this is between three thousand and thirty thousand dollars <gasps> you think hold on what are you getting for th for three thousand yeah. what you that's that's is it a red size <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> more for a bigger one yeah oh that's a size 20 grand that is yeah oh yeah nice, yeah, that's, nice. yeah that, that'll yeah. cost you but yeah I mean what what are your thoughts I think that's a heavy price for I'm gonna say it, for vanity I guess or jumping on a trend I don't see there being any medical reason as to why you would want your bottom bigger don't get me wrong after after I had a um had a child after I had Ellie um, my bottom did get bigger and I quite liked it. I, I quite like having a bigger bottom. More junk in the trunk. Exactly. And, you know, it, it does really practical things like allows me to sit down in more comfiness and stuff like that. But having a larger bum when your body hasn't been used to it, I, I, I'm, I think I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the whole having your bottom made extra large because it's what people... Fine. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm lost I don't what do you think no I I'm the same I kind of think I, and as with all these things today like uh, Vicky said when we first started this all of these opinions are our own um and I can certainly see why people have certain things done to improve their self-confidence and you know if they have specific issues with the way that certain parts of their body look I can understand that but bigger bums like I've seen I've seen some pictures and I'm sure you have as well doing the research of this and you just think what like I, I at some some at some point and I suppose with all of this research and looking at all of these things in my mind I think if it looks natural same with anything same with boob jobs same with fillers same with all of that if it looks natural and it improves your confidence, great. But where do you draw the line? Yeah, and I think, because again, like you said, some of the pictures that you come across and some of the interviews, and there are some people who deliberately go for that plastic look to make themselves feel comfortable. And I guess for me, from a coaching perspective, I'd very much think, well, what's underlying that? What's, mm. Why exactly are you doing that? Why do you want to look fake? Why do you want it to look so extreme you know and some people make livings from it you know people make you know 
there, there are Instagram millionaires who make money out of advertising that they've had all this extreme cosmetic surgery done. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the non-judgmental sphere that we're in, it's, you know, great. If that's what you want to do with your body, that's fantastic. But you know, there's almost a responsibility there of there are younger people watching and we'll come to the stats later. But yeah, it's it's much like we cover on most of our episodes. It is quite controversial. It, it is. And I think, um, you know, there are more and more people out there now. And I think you look at it, it's sometimes quite obvious when people have had facial surgery or um maybe a lot of Botox in their face, you know, covering off the surgical and the non-surgical there. You know, when you see someone on the TV and their face doesn't move, you think, yeah, they've they've had fillers. Okay. Um, but you can also see there are certain celebrities who are maybe not growing old so gracefully. Um, and you look at I, I, the two people that just come to my mind off the top of my head, Madonna, Mm. So quite a lot of surgery. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Now, I don't know if Jennifer Aniston has had any surgery, but if she has, it doesn't look like she has. Mm. And some people are naturally blessed with more youthful skin and a younger looking face. I understand that. But, you know, again, it's that do the people I know, and I know there are some people like you've just said, there are some people out there who are like, you know, I want size triple x boobs triple x wow <laughs> i don't know that's, that's dangerous like they're gonna go off and do secret missions that's it <laughs> i think it's a film with the rock in or something i don't know it sounds like it should be um you know absolutely huge boobs because they're like i want to i want them to look mm. fake or massive lip fillers and you think but do, does everyone that look Thinking how I can word this. There are people out there who you can tell have had a lot of surgery done mm-hmm. and a lot of work done. Are they all going for that fake look or mm. have they just gone too far with it? Mm. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Because before we hit record, I actually had a self-reflective moment of, you know, a lot of people my age, well, actually younger as we're going to have a look at the stats, but you start considering you know, should I have non-invasive cosmetic surgery? You know, should I go for a filler? Should I go for Botox? And I've always been an advocate of no, grow old, grow old gracefully. You know, you don't, don't inject that stuff in your face. And now, you know, I've been really lucky to look pretty much the same age until about ooh, 39, 38, 39. And now I'm kind of in my 40s thinking, mm, I, could, mm. I think if I talk to the right people, I probably could be persuaded. And then there's that whole thinking of, well, why? What, why, why do I feel like that? Why do I think I would be happier? Or, you know, but there's that link with youth. You know, I'd like to keep looking and feeling young. Um, but I'm sure there are other ways. What about you? Yeah, I think it's something that I've always, I've not, I'm been tempted yet to do anything. Um, and the sort of things like, you know, fillers and stuff like that doesn't really appeal to me. I don't want to put anything in my lips. I don't want to put Botox in my face. I'm not saying I never will. Mm. I just don't feel right now. For me, something that's always been an issue for me, and I didn't realize it was a thing until I got diagnosed with PCOS, I've always struggled with the weight around my stomach. And I've lost, I've managed to lose weight and become toned everywhere else, but I've always had slightly bigger tummy and following pregnancy I and I also had to have a c-section with Poppy um you know my stomach changed completely and I had um what I've come to know that mums refer to affectionately as a kangaroo pouch um which is the bit of tummy at the bottom which doesn't have muscle in and it's it's very difficult to shift Mm. so you know the thought of liposuction tummy tuck something like that in the future definitely appeals to me but more along the lines of right you know I've worked really hard I've lost weight and now I'm at the point where I can't shift that final bit you know I've worked hard not just as a I'm fat let's just get rid of it it's like you know I've worked really hard and I've got to the point where I 
cannot shift that final bit. And I think I've met I've met people like that who work really hard. They not to use the term diet like we did the other day, but <laughs> um, they've lived a healthy lifestyle. They've exercised, and they get to the point where, and it's predominantly women mm-hmm. and mums who said, "I just can't shift mm-hmm. that final bit." and want to do something like that and I think you know in terms of living the rest of your life and being able to be confident and be happy that's for me that's a bigger and better thing than Mm -hmm. living with it and being unhappy does that make sense no absolutely yeah I can totally get on board with that yeah so shall we take a deep dive into some unusual cosmetic yes before we do that I wanted to tell you some um thoughts I'd had from other people oh that would be lovely yeah Yeah, well I put this out on social media yesterday and said we were recording today and what did people think and what you know what were people's opinions on it um there was a mixture um of different different responses um and I'll just give you a couple now. So one person said, I've always been intrigued and I wouldn't rule out a bit of anti-wrinkle in the future. So again, like you've just said, um, I did a poll on Twitter um, and with four responses. So um, what are your thoughts on getting any type of enhancement? So I didn't go into detail, but the answers were love it, but I've never had it. Had it once or more. I'm tempted or hate it, wouldn't have it. By far, with 62%, the strongest answer was hate it, wouldn't have it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And finally, I had a couple of responses. People sent me some private messages. So thank you for that, people. Um, Someone, a friend of mine said, I frown a lot. I don't even realize I'm doing it. And I've ended up with frown lines. I've often thought about Botox, but I can't bear the thought of animal testing or cruelty. Uh, I think I'm just going to embrace getting older which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, that's it's a different, it's a different angle, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I hadn't thought about, about that angle. Yeah. Um, I had another one with, uh, I've never had anything done, but I'm sure that's mainly an age thing. It's never entered my head as it wasn't a done thing for most of my generation. There's also for me, a financial implication. Once you start, it's on repeat. The friends who I've had treatments seem lacking in self-confidence and fear of aging. Where do you draw the line? Mm. And the final one is from a friend of mine who was like really honest and I, and I, I love her for this. She said, I had Invisalign four years ago to straighten my teeth. I've always been conscious of how I looked when smiling and was amazed with when the treatment was finished. Next, I was conscious about how my smile looked due to my lips being so small and uneven and my ever increasing lines appearing on my face. I researched anti-wrinkle and lip fillers, which I now have regular treatments for. Not always aesthetic treatments, but also skincare treatments. And it makes me feel so much more confident and so much better. I do see how people can get addicted to aesthetic treatments as it gives quick results. However, as long as a person stays true to themselves and what they're trying to achieve to increase confidence, it can only be in a positive experience. I don't believe wanting or having treatments to look like a celebrity or as you do with a filter on a photo, is healthy and should be administered with false pretenses that these results can be achieved. And I'm, I just think we should just end on that because yeah, I couldn't have said myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that's the episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole ethos of having self-boundaries. So having your own self-restrictions of, okay, yeah, I want it done for this reason. It's a very specific reason. And I'm, you know, I'm going to stay true to that and not go beyond. And yeah, that's very admirable, actually. Yeah, I, I I read that and I thought, yeah, do you know what? That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, it's different for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that thing about it can become addictive and it's that control. Yes. So, you know, we've seen people have little nips and tucks here and there who are in the public eye and then the next time it's more and then it's more and then it's more. And yeah, it can, it can get quite um, dramatic. Yeah. And you're going to tell me now, aren't you? Whilst I have a breather after reading all of those <laughs> about some unusual cosmetic enhancements. I've got here myself, but I want to hear what you've got first. Do you know what? I love that segue of dramatic because this is exactly what I'm going to cover. Um, if you are squeamish in any way, shape or form or a little bit prudish, I would probably skip the next 10 minutes or so whilst me and Katie get into this. 
So the first one is um, cosmetic anal rejuvenation. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> so they cut off all the extra skin and make the anus wrinkle free. Hold on. Yes. What? <laughs> you have questions. No, okay, no, well, I'll wait till you finish. I, have, I do a follow up. <laughs> they then bleach it so it looks completely smooth. Okay. So the anal bleaching part, that can come in the form of uh, chemical pills or laser treatments. Now, the risk to this is the potential of developing anal stricture or um, anal uh, stenosis, uh, which is basically stiff scar tissue that narrows the anal canal um, so that bowel movements are um, painful. They could be bloody. There could be stool leakage or diarrhea. Um, Now, bearing in mind that you can bleach your anus yourself. There are DIY kits. You can't do the cutting of the extra skin and making your anus wrinkle free yourself. Um, But the bleach you can. And when those are when the real horror stories of things going wrong with bleaching your own um, anal area. Um, So you will pay £500 for the privilege of the anal bleaching. The um, actual surgery of cutting off the skin and making it wrinkle-free is <laughs> price on application. <laughs> and did you not? Did you not research further? I didn't want to. I saw pictures that I will never unsee. Um, oh, that's, but, uh, that's it. I would like, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Vicky's um, just dedication to the cause is I just think, admirable. Um, and a famous um, person who um, has done anal bleaching, um, Kim Kardashian. Shocking. She's been mentioned a few times in our podcast, but yeah, Kim Kardashian. I do think we give her a bit of a hard rep, don't we? She actually admitted to it. So she's now fair game in my eyes okay, with this particular. Fair. Yeah. So, fair enough. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear one of mine or do you want to go again? Please. No, you um, go. Well, yeah. mine's, mine's a bit a bit boring now in comparison um but you can have something called poker tox oh which is basically botox and facial fillers to manipulate facial appearances of gamblers dear lord that's that's dedication isn't it i mean that's that's a niche market as well that's that's very niche I know and I you know I didn't even read any further into it because I was just like wow okay so you're just gonna have everything frozen yeah I mean I've seen I haven't watched it for long because I don't really get poker but I've seen professional poker on tv and and stuff like that and you see people wearing sunglasses and hats and so on to obviously hide their faces and then you give away signs but to add Botox on top of that that's that's going quite extreme is it not yeah I don't know. I mean, they do earn millions, mind, but there's I, good money. And maybe if I could play poker, it would be um, an option yeah. for me because I I am rubbish at lying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you never know. You never know. If I become oh. a professional poker player, I'll let you know. Brilliant. So I've got a couple more. Um, which shall I go for? The 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 less gross or full gross. Well, if you want to go for a less uh, for a full gross one, I'll I'll tell you about a couple of other ones I've got. Okay, I will go full um, cringe eek mode. So this one is um, surgery that can change your eye color permanently. What? Okay, so you ready? This is if you're squeamish with eyes, please stop this. Oh then. God! Well, I am. Don't know if I won't listen to this, but you crack on. it's tough, mate. You're in this. Um, <laughs> Artificial iris implant. (laughs) Yes, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. (laughs) So artificial iris implants are made of thin, flexible, biocompatible, coloured, medical-grade silicone. And basically, these are used to change your eye colour permanently. Okay. So medically, it's used to treat and alleviate um, cases of heterochromia, ocular albinism, and other iris-related abnormalities. However, it is predominantly used cosmetically. So what they do is they cut open your cornea. Now, the cornea is the clear bit at the front of your iris. And they put this silicone implant in. They then unfold it. They unfold the implant and they, that then covers your iris. Okay. So the risks are that you're going to get glaucoma, which is a slow blinding disease. Um, there's not really much you can do for glaucoma. 
uh, cataracts, blurred vision, and actually ending up needing your entire cornea um, transplanted. So most, they did a small study on this. Now, bearing in mind, I came across um, websites, predominantly US, absolutely hammering to get this done, that it's safe and, you know, really advertising how, and they have beautiful people on there with, you know, very unnatural eye color, but it looked very striking and very beautiful. Photoshopped. Um, I would think so. Yeah. Um, but most people in this small study um, did have issues after surgery. Um, and there's one quite famous um, Instagram model called, called Nadine Bruner. And she had the surgery and she sustained damage to the optic nerve. Um, and she's got glaucoma, which is slowly blinding her in both eyes. She's already lost um, 80% sight in her right eye and 50% sight in the left eye. Right. Okay. Now I've managed to not lose my breakfast. Um, so, okay. So we, we have talked about various different things here about different surgeries and stuff and the reasons people have them. Now I can understand if you have maybe grown up with quite small boobs and you've had a complex about that, maybe you were bullied about that. You don't feel very confident and you have a boob job. I get it what could possibly lead you to want to say i'm going to risk changing my eye color i'm going to risk going blind like you can get contacts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's it's what drives people to do this it it blows my brain up what was most disturbing is on the website they had um young beautiful people on there so they could hammer the medical point as much as they like that is not the angle that they were going for. Mm. And that was what disturbed me most about that one. Well, that and the fact that I'm ripping your eyeball apart, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a an interesting mm. one. I've got um I've got three more little ones which are just one-liners to to throw at you. Um you can have an umbilicoplasty, which is it modifies the appearance of your belly button and it can transform an outy belly button to an innie. Yeah, which I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Foot fillers, which you have if you wear high heels a lot. And you have dermal injections injected into the balls of your feet to add extra cushion. Oh, okay. And um, this other one, which is um, popular in areas of the world like Japan, is palm line surgery. And it... People believe in palm reading, but aren't happy with their own lines. Have a way to cheat fate. Palm line surgery uses an electric scalpel to create artificial palm lines that promise more love, money, and happiness. The trend is popular in areas of the world like Japan, where news outlets report that women primarily request a stronger love marriage line and men request a more prominent wealth line. Oh, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean... If you believe in stuff like that, surely you should believe that what you were given yeah. is going to be what your fate holds. Yeah. And that changing it surgically doesn't mean anything. I don't. No. I've got one more. By the way, going back to the eye thing, I, I put costs for all of them. Ooh, so the yeah. cost was 3750 To go blind. Um, cool. Nice. Yeah. And that palm line one. I saw that one too, and that was 662. Wow. Yeah, that's it's a lot to just to have your hands kind of, but if that's what people believe, that's fine. But obviously the risk is if they don't get more money or they don't get married, then psychologically and mentally that's um, worse. Yeah, worse. So my absolute last one is ear pointing. Oh, um, yes, yes. It's I, quite a special one. Yeah, yeah. It, it got very popular after Lord of the Rings. Funny it, it, it says quite clearly here, this procedure is favoured by members of the cosplay community. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> um, so it's a unique and delicate procedure that basically turns your ears elf-like or Spock-like, Vulcan-like. Um, and surgeons slice the cartilage at the top and they then sew it together so it, it goes to a, a point. Um, you can pay anything from 460 to 800 pounds for the privilege. Um, the risk is that it is excruciatingly painful. 
um, in the if you lay on it, if you accidentally brush it with your brush or your comb, it's it's really difficult. Um, one person said that after he had it done, it actually improved how he listened to music because he believed that they worked more like animal ears and it focused the sound better. Um, but the medical community will agree that sculpting cartilage is it's really dangerous. Um, it's really prone to infection and infections in the ear or around the ear can actually destroy the ear really, really quickly. Um, and what's more, if it does get infected, it's actually difficult, if not impossible, to reconstruct a proper looking natural ear. Oh, so there we gosh. go. Well, thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. For that. That's why you have me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm going to lie down in a dark room. Um, I suppose um, a good thing to come on to after we've talked about all of that, um, because we will cover some of the aesthetic bits and pieces but you know why do people get surgery we've touched on you know the psychological impacts of you know really digging deeper into those things and you know like my friend had said about her teeth and her lips it sounded like it was like a really conscious decision Mm -hmm. and but then you've got to ask why do people get more you know why Mm -hmm. do they keep going with the surgery you look at someone probably the most iconic face of surgery is Michael Jackson Mm. you know he he when you look at what he looked like as a child and what he grew up to look like Mm. his facial tone his nose every part of him he looked Mm. nothing like his family at the Mm. end and you think what point you know why firstly why do people get this and he did one of these things was covered in the in his biography which is um talks about his nose and he said his father used to mock him about Mm -hmm. his nose and take the mick out of him and that's why he had his nose done now you can you can understand that Mm. he I I believe he had the um that skin condition as well didn't he where the um I can't remember but the malignoma in your skin yeah not malignoma no it's it's melatonin that's the one melatonin. melatonin yeah yeah I know something completely different. I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, um, where it changes the color on your skin in patches. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean you can see the physical reasons, but the mental reasons, as you were saying, the psychological reasons for him wanting to change his nose ran so deep that he went and actually changed his physical appearance. So yeah. like you said, there is a line between what you do in order to make yourself feel better and why are you doing it because of trauma and because of what other people you want to do for other people to either appease make people attracted to you or do you see what I mean yeah no absolutely and I I did um I did a bit of research on the top reasons that people get surgery and Mm. the number one reason which I can understand this from a personal perspective was increased confidence and self-esteem Now, I'm sure, like we've talked about before with things like body image, you know, I'm sure there is a very fine. Well, we did the research, didn't we? We got the stats on people that were perfectly happy mm. with everything. And it was like 1% of the population. And I was just like, oh, please tell me their story because mm. I, I'm sure I've got a list of things in my head that I think, well, I'd probably change that and probably change that a little bit. And, you know, and so I do understand the requirement of more self-esteem but other reasons included feeling more feminine or more masculine which again not everyone grows up with certain what, what you all your your <laughs> i people you can't see vicky's face here but she looks like she has some things to say <laughs> oh it's just the gender conformity stuff i just yeah it's i find it so damaging because i saw about six pack surgery you know, women as well go into extremes because, you know, teeny tiny waist, big boobs, big bottoms, you know, just things like that. Are the, are what we see as being gender, um, what's the word, like attractive within each gender. Mm. Um, so within the binary of kind of men, it's big, strong. So you can get bicep implants. You can get six pack surgery. You can even get calf implants. And it's like, 
but why why are you doing that is that to, because gender is a social construct we have constructed what men and women stereotypically should look like what we should find appealing what we should find attractive and I know we covered that in um the edition with Alex in mind and yeah. body transformation and so I think I find it difficult when people want to look more masculine and want to feel more feminine and it's because it's based on a an image that we as a society society have put together and a press pressing on people I yes I do I do understand what you mean but I do know a friend of mine who's very very pretty and she had um laser hair removal because she had PCOS and sometimes with PCOS, so PCOS, um, polycystic ovary syndrome, um, can affect people differently. And one of the things that can be an issue is excess body hair. It doesn't affect all people. I don't have an issue with it. A friend of mine did have, and she had laser surgery because she felt that it was causing her to look manly. And PCOS is an increase of testosterone in the body. So that's why that happens but she was so conscious about it. Mm. And she said, I don't feel feminine. So I suppose there's different ends of the spectrum there, isn't there? Yeah. And also with our love of drag race, (laughs) what do you think about drag queens and like getting cosmetic enhancements to maybe look more feminine, like with the curves? Yeah, so obviously we we know a lot of them and, you know, you've got Trinity the Turk, you've got Raven, you've got other big drag queens who have had surgical enhancements that without their makeup, it's, you know, it, it's actually difficult to gender them sometimes as well, not that mm-hmm. you would want to, um, but you just, they've had it such so extreme for their work that, I mean, for me, that's dedication, you know, that's <laughs> amazing because when they are in drag, they look incredible just absolutely amazing how do I feel about that I don't know I mean again you know without knowing the real reasons why they're doing it is it because of the job is it because that is how they want to look or is it because there is underlying trauma there yeah. they they need to look a specific way yeah what I mean, are your I, thoughts well no I just I always it always takes me back and I can't remember the season I think it's season eight or season nine and it's with detox. Mm. And she said, you know, I've had this done. I've had this done. I've had this done. And it was, it was like a tick list of stuff. And I thought the first thing I thought was, wow, that's dedication. Like, you know, there was butt implants, Mm -hmm. which is not the same as the Brazilian butt lift because this is actually putting fake bum cheeks, Mm. like fake boob implants into your bum. Mm. sewing your bum back up um you know and there was like pectoral yeah yeah and Mm. the lips and the facelift and all these different things yeah Yeah. and it was just it was just an ongoing list and it wasn't until I rewatched the season later and I thought is that all for work is that for self-conscious reasons is it for post-trauma you know and it's I think that's the thing with any enhancement any surgery anything aesthetic that you do to yourself asking the question why Mm. now you could go down into things like dyeing your hair you know I've always dyed my hair it's not always been blonde but it was red at one point I've had dark brown I've had all these sorts of different colors and I think I change it because my natural hair color is dull oh God, everyone's like, which natural hair color? I'm like, oh, it's like dark blonde, mousy brown. You know, no one cares about that sort of hair color, you know, but slap a nice blonde color on it. Great. I feel totally different. Is that any different to getting maybe lip fillers? Because again, mm. it makes you feel good and makes you feel more confident. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You're changing, it's, aren't yeah. you? changing your appearance. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the other thing as well is that, I found a stat about um, non, so cosmetic, um, what, do you, what do they call it? Like cosmetic enhancements in kind of jar form. So we're talking anti-wrinkle creams. Yeah. Those kind of, you know, lift creams, anti-cellulite creams and gels and those kind of things. And that market is worth billions, you yeah. know, absolute billions. 
And it does make you wonder, you know, where is that line? And if cosmetic surgery that isn't invasive, so your Botox, your fillers and stuff like that, if that was cheaper, would people go for it? Yeah. And the thing, one of the things that I've always thought about, because I'm like, I am so rubbish with any form of beauty treatment, get my hair done. My hairdresser will tell you, I go in, she puts foils in my hair and I'm like, oh, is it done yet? She's like, no, you have to sit and wait. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any patience. I don't have any patience. I used to love getting my eyelashes done. And eyelash extensions, I absolutely love the way they looked. But could you think I could relax whilst I was lying there? And people say, oh, it's such a nice experience. You just lay there and relax. Nope, <laughs> nope. And, nope. you know, it's that continuous need. I mean, even the same with my nails to a certain extent. It's that continuous need once you start like one of the people commented once you're in you're in you know and it's that need to keep topping things up like Mm. Botox it's not just a oh I've had it done and it's sorted forever you know I think I think my friend said when she had it done you have to have it done a little bit more frequently at start and then as your muscles become more stiff Mm. I think you need it like less Mm. or it's different people's skin reacts differently to it but I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're then you're in it then. So you, what do you just have that forever? And does mm. that impact the skin permanently? Cause you sent, I remember you sent me a video, didn't you on Instagram a while ago of these different levels of Botox injections. Oh yeah. And it mm. was this woman who was just facing the camera and it said, you know, after one Botox injection of at this level, and she could still move her eyes up and down. She still had expressions. And they went up to sort of level five or level six. And by the by the time she got to the top, she couldn't move anything, could she? No. no. And you think, well, what's... I don't understand. Because to me, to the untrained eye, I looked at her and thought, oh, I can't really see any difference in the appearance between mm. one and six. Only that she can't move anything. You know, yeah. the wrinkles had gone after one. So why would you keep going? Mm. Yeah. And I want to bring this point in now um, that that part of the cosmetic surgery industry is not regulated. So basically the law tells us that if if you're going to have cosmetic surgery under the knife, so that's the kind of, you know, the the boob jobs, um, nose jobs, um, those kind of invasive with a scalpel, obviously you've got to be qualified. Mm -hmm. For administering Botox, fillers, and those kind of things, you the law is changing. As of February 28th this year, the government is looking at tightening those laws of making sure people are qualified. But as we sit here today, um, I believe you don't have to be qualified in order to administer um, that kind of surgery. Yeah. And that's, that's frightening, isn't it? I mean, we always, we always talk about these things about being regulated and everything from therapy to all sorts of different, Mm. you know, treatments and stuff you can have. It's like, right. Have you done your research? And one of the things that follows on from what you've just said is more than a third of aesthetic treatments. So this is invasive and non-invasive. So everything, microneedling, chemical peels, Botox, dermafillers, more than a third, so that's 39%, are done in a beauty salon. So you don't have to go to a clinic. You don't have to go. And obviously these people have to be trained. Mm. But, you know. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. And Safe Face is a, is a great website there. If, if you are considering surgery, as, as we said, non-judgmental, they are a great organization who actually provide you know warts and all excuse the pun but kind of this is what it is and we can find you a qualify yeah people who are professional people who are in the medical world who can give you that to like a directory yeah 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 and and they personally you know vet and check these individuals and these companies as well um so they are a national register of accredited practitioners um, who provide non-surgical cosmetic treatments, which I inarticulately just said before. Um, but they've seen complaints re- increase from 378 in 2017 to 2083 
in 2020. So that's just in three years. Um, in one of the most serious cases, a woman said that she had such severe wounds from treatment that she contracted sepsis and ended up in hospital in a coma for five days. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Um, as you said, of the treatment complained about, 86% were carried out by beauticians, hairdressers or lay people. And 81% of the complainants find, found their practitioner on social media. Um, and I, I dug a bit more into the rest, into that. And there was a frightening um, ghost, the, the, the ghost stories where individuals look for um, the cos cosmetic surgery um, online on social media. You know, they'll provide them with the tools or provide them with a person that when it does go wrong, they try to go back to that individual and they delete the account change phone number they're, they're ghosted they're, they're gone um so these individuals are left scarred mentally and physically um with no recompense at all it's terrifying isn't it and you know i'm sure there are um you know people that carry these treatments out that are on social media that are completely legit but if you are considering any form of surgery really do your research because mm. you know even if it's something like like we've talked about the sort of chemical peels and things like that that's technically non-invasive mm. but if it's done wrong it could leave your skin scarred for life mm -hmm. and you really need to be careful and also like we talked about with the brazilian butt lift mm -hmm. when it says the cost can be anywhere from three thousand to thirty thousand you know i know people that have gone abroad to pay less money for it mm. and that's fine if you know the surgeon is reputable and you know has plenty of good reviews and you know is is legit mm. but more often than not as with anything in life you get what you pay for and if you're driven by cost and you're trying to keep your costs low you have to be so careful when doing stuff mm. like this because it could leave you with irreversible scarring mm. and damage Absolutely. And as I said, you know, as of February this year, the government is now looking to change those laws to make it stricter. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the stats afterwards of, you know, complainants and how things improve in that industry. Um, but there has been obviously a significant jump in people um, now not having cosmetic surgery that's invasive and increasing in the other. And I'm sure we'll come to that in the stats in a bit. Mm. Um, but it's just an interesting swing of of how that's happened and potentially the influences behind it yeah yeah no it really is and I um it probably probably is a good good thing to come on well like you mentioned statistics so I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you now Ooh, I love a quiz now this is this is top surgical procedures but I've got for men and for women so first off what do you think the top three surgical procedures were for women in 2021 it's a surgical so this is invasive so uh top three i was gonna say boob enlargement breast enlargement it's number one yeah liposuction no it's number five it's number five interesting mm. um and facelift uh no it's number seven good grief okay hit yeah. me so um breast breast augmentation so breast enlargement was mm. number one um, although it had reduced 15% in the numbers from the year before. So they said they were seeing a, a mm. reduction over the years in the number of people having boo jobs. Uh, breast reduction was mm -hmm. number two. And I, I'm not even going to be able to say this one. Uh, blepharoplasty, which is eyelid surgery. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I know. Oh, now, what, tell me what you think men's are. Oh, men's. Um, I was going to say hair. Uh, what do you call it? Like hair transplants? The hair transplants are classed as invasive, not surgical. Oh, okay. Mm. Right. Um, okay, let's go for liposuction. Number five. Number five. Mm. Oh, okay. Implants. Let's go for something like bicep implants. Not on the not on the list. No. Oh, okay. Mm. 
I've run out. I can't think of anything else. Okay, so... Um, oh, facelift. We'll go facelift. Facelift again, number seven. Oh, okay. So from number three, you've got an autoplasty, which is ear correction. Okay. So I'm assuming that's pinning your ears. Ah, gotcha, right. Yeah. Um, Again, eyelid surgery is number two. And rhinoplasty for nose job, number one. Interesting. And it's interesting how nose jobs didn't appear for women. Uh, That was number six. Oh. Yeah. Also on the list of um, things you had for men, um, because I'm, I'm assuming the majority of people know the things that women go for, but for men, also breast reduction does feature on there. Yeah. Ab- abdominoplasty, uh, face and neck lift, fat transfer, brow lift, uh, body lift, brachioplasty, and thigh lift. Crikey. I know. Blimey, that's that's an interesting list. I'll save it for you. I know you love it. Yeah, please. Hit me yeah. with some of yours before I go on to talk more about men. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. So a poll. Yeah, okay, here's a stat, and it's it's a little disturbing. This is why for younger listeners, it's um yeah, quite sensitive. So a poll of the Vice UK Snapchat audience. So that's between 13 to 24 year olds in the UK. Um, It revealed that non-surgical procedures and treatments are viewed as increasingly commonplace. So over half of the 51,000 respondents in the UK, so that's 59%, said that they viewed procedures like lip fillers as comparable to getting a haircut or a manicure. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, see, that yeah. just shows how easy it is now, doesn't it? How people view it as being so easy. Out of 47,000 people that answered this particular question, 68% said that one or more people from their friendship group had already had cosmetic procedures. In that same age group? In 13 to 24-year-olds. Wow. See, with that, so I know people that have had um, Botox and fillers mm, and, yeah. and those sorts yeah. of things in their l- sort of mid to late 20s. Mm. When, and again, I know I'm the untrained eye, but I look at these people and think, got no lines whatsoever. Like, and again, it's that once you start, mm. you know, you have to maintain it because surely after a while of freezing the muscles, eventually they're going to go a little bit loose aren't they so surely you're going to age quicker you know and if and if you start so young before you need it I don't know but this is again the whole we we don't think people that young need it but there's something going on for them that they feel they do and yeah, it's trying to scratch beneath the surface of, okay, well, physically, if you get this done, a pro to this is you are more than likely going to feel more confident, have an increased self-esteem. You know, you're going to feel like you're going to be able to hang out with the people that you felt with you. So the, the positives of having it done mm. psychologically and mentally um, are probably, you know, huge for those that feel it is successful and it was right for them and they like the results. What really bugged me is when I looked at kind of the pros and cons on the websites and so on, one of the pros was, um, and bearing in mind, this was for um, get surgery done. So these were the encouraging um, sites. They said that on average, more attractive people have more opportunities in their careers and in their social lives. And so therefore having surgery to make yourself look more attractive will open up a lot more opportunity now there have been studies that yeah an average I think it was an average six foot uh man with certain kind of measurements is the the person that is most popular you know is more likely to get forward in their career and all this and that so there have been studies there have been tests done to, to show that being aesthetically more attractive can need Mm, you yeah further down paths and whatnot but the fact that you are pushing that as a 
positive for cosmetic enhancement for me is quite disturbing I mean it's it's playing and we talked about it the other day didn't we on diet it's playing on insecurities yeah it's pushing and saying look at all these beautiful people look how much they've they've succeeded and you only need to be sat in your house feeling low about how you appear and how you look yeah to say do you know what bugger it fine I'm just going to go and do this because websites are playing on that yeah and I think if you are if you have that psychological issue then it will always be an issue I think you know in terms of you know talking about getting to the root cause of it Mm. you know if you have therapy is that ultimately going to overcome how you feel about certain things Mm. I don't know you know actually changing your body is that like you say and and I and I totally get it I totally get like we've we referred back to before about hair getting your hair colored come out the the hair salon even though I sit there and annoy my hairdresser and I'm like this is taking ages you know I come out the hair salon I feel great and I'm walking up the hair like I'm uh, walking up the street like I'm in like a Vidal Sassoon <laughs> thing, flicking my hair, you know, <laughs> Timothée advert. Um, other shampoos are available. Um, but, you know, it's you You have that instant hit of, oh, I feel really good. Yeah, you know, it was the same yeah. when I had my nails done, my eyelashes, I've had my eyebrows tinted. You know, you, you do, you, you get that boost. And so I do understand why people have it done. Yeah. But it's the way that some of these places play on that. That's not. Yeah. Get cosmetic surgery. You'll get that promotion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's certainly not a healthy way of looking at in, here's an interesting one in 2021, 43% of all UK adults were considering non-surgical treatments. Get this as part of their regular grooming routine so that's like you know you have a skincare routine this is yeah 43 percent just in the half of the whole uk population we're considering non-surgical treatments and this is we mentioned this on the whole body weight and body image issue but growth and demand has been linked to the zoom boom which is through covid mm. people looking at themselves more on zoom and other video conferencing are available um <laughs> i feel like i've got to keep caveating myself yeah. um you know <coughs> people at their own staring at their own image and becoming more and more self-critical mm. you know and that's that just seems like such a massive yeah oh i don't know and i i'm sure you've got more statistics but the one of the reasons you talked about um the reasons why people are doing it Mm. so these statistics i've got are based on the male aesthetics industry and it says one of the main reasons that men are turning to us (laughs) (laughs) one of the main reasons men are turning to aesthetic treatments in the uk is to keep up with younger colleagues what does that mean keep up i suppose it means like you know if you're aging and you know you're in a career that you want to you know you want to look your best you want to you know again it's down to that yeah it's and it's it's weird it says the demographic most likely to look for aesthetics aesthetic treatments are professional men like lawyers or those who work in finance so you kind of got that wolf of wall street idea going on where they're all like it goes back, in the yeah. suits maybe that's what it is it goes back to that study and for the life of me I cannot remember it but the ideal person to propel is six foot white man with certain measurements in a suit that that's kind of yeah so I can totally see that totally yeah. see that yeah that's Crazy. terrifying yeah so going back to that seesaw that we mentioned before and this will be the last stat for me is in 2021, approximately 15,000 cosmetic surgeries were carried out in the UK. Um, Doesn't sound a lot. Six years prior to that, the figure for cosmetic surgeries stood at over 51,000. Whoa. Now, it increased fivefold during 2003 and 2015, but obviously there was that dramatic decrease 
And guess why? Because non-surgical options were suddenly made available. Mm. Now that's a massive decrease from 51,000 to 15,000. That's huge, isn't it? That's massive. Yeah. Some of the... um... Some of the statistics are just astounding. And, you know, you talk about the reduction in certain things. One of the things that popped up was talking about male aesthetics. And the most popular uh, ones for men include Botox injections, filler around the jawline and chin, and non-surgical hair growth procedures. So like you said, aesthetic treatments appeal because they're quick and they don't involve a recovery period. They can be done over over and done in as little as half an hour and they've become much more affordable. So people are treating it as a, almost like a quick fix solution. And it says Botox injections and fillers now account for nine out of 10 of all cosmetic procedures formed in the uk crikey it's crazy isn't it yeah i mean yeah yeah it just yeah it's just odd it's just really odd i'm glad we did this episode (laughs) i I, honestly i could i could literally sit and um just just read off these different statistics um did you know though that botox for men is actually called brotox no way yeah no it is it's true it's a true story it's written here <laughs> but it's, it, it has been so enlightening to see the statistics but I think we should we should leave this on a final sip mm. and I'm gonna let you go first what do you think the final sip is for today's cosmetic enhancement and procedure episode yeah it's, it's ultimately there's no right or wrong here no do you know what I mean if if you choose to have cosmetic enhancements because it makes you feel better and it's it's genuinely what you want, then absolutely, that's fine. I may join you in that queue um, soon. It's th- There is no judgment, um, but it does have to be that individual choice. Um, you know, some people swear it's changed their lives for the better. Others feel that just because of their unrealistic expectations and then what they got, it, it ruined their lives. So, you know... Th- there's two, there's four against pros, cons. I think what's important is that you're doing it for the right reasons. Make sure it's to please yourself and not others. Don't get a Brazilian bum lift just because Debbie down the street has got hers done. Debbie um, Kardashian. Debbie Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. That lesser known cousin. Um, you know, improve on yourself for yourself and just don't fit with other people's ideals. Yeah. What about yourself? No, I think I think you've you've basically stolen my line. Yep. Um, <laughs> was it Debbie? It was Debbie, wasn't it? It was Debbie, it was the Debbie bit, yeah. Um no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And having different people send their opinions in and give their thoughts on how they felt about it was really enlightening because it was a real mixture of people that responded to uh, the question online. And I thought, you know, everyone, like you said right at the start, it does divide people. Mm. And I think ultimately, like you said, doing something to improve your health, self, self-esteem, 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 self-esteem. <laughs> um, your self-esteem and your confidence. Great, because I'm a big advocate for that. And if you can feel better in your skin, you know, great. But do it for the right reasons. Mm. Don't do it because of pressure. Don't do it because someone else has done it. Don't do it because you think you want to look like a celebrity that you actually don't and do it safely, you know, really make sure you are researching everything, even if, even down to microblading, I've seen people have microblading done and it look horrific and, you know, really, really damage their skin. Same with chemical peels. And these Mm -hmm. are supposedly non-invasive enhancements which in theory shouldn't be dangerous at all and you really need to make sure that the people that you're going to see for these are qualified and they have all the appropriate certification and they're doing it in a safe and clean environment Mm -hmm. and just do it like everything in moderation Mm -hmm. you know do it for me natural is better but whatever works for you that's Mm -hmm. that's that's all I'd say because it's each to their own and we that's what makes the world a beautiful place we all have different opinions don't we 
Exactly. Well said. Here, here. That's okay. You're welcome. For that <laughs> See you after I've had my tummy tuck in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we both turned up to the same clinic. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what fun oh, to yeah. seeing you here. Um, but what would be really great actually is if anyone listening to this has had surgical procedures or non-surgical procedures and wants to talk about this further, it'd be great to do another episode, I think, wouldn't mm. it? And to- yeah really get down into you know maybe make it you know a couple of guests and to talk about things a bit a bit further because I'm I'm genuinely intrigued by the whole industry yeah I think for me as well doing this episode was a massive learning experience as well um I hadn't really considered a lot of things about cosmetic enhancements cosmetic surgery invasive or otherwise and actually researching for this episode opened my eyes and actually changed my opinion as well certain things that I thought you know stereotypical about cosmetic was completely banished so yeah as we say always say at the beginning me and Katie are always learning yeah as well when we do these episodes um and we are not so rigid in our thought that we can't be swayed we like to hear other arguments we like to hear other points of view so we would love to hear from you and your experiences absolutely and if you want to get in touch um, you can find us on our website strongt.co.uk you can also find us on facebook uh instagram and also now linkedin now on LinkedIn. Whoop, whoop. it's exciting isn't it yeah. um but thank you so much for listening um it's been absolute pleasure vicky as always as always yeah thank you katie I think you're welcome. and uh, we'll see you for another episode very very soon take care everyone bye <laughs>